0: Hey Chuck, we're back.
1: We are. Where did we, we go? Even, huh? Where did we go?
0: We didn't go anywhere. We're just back oh, okay. this week. That's we're all. It's week, like that, that weekly thing where we're, we're doing this weekly podcast thing and we're back.
1: The, the freaking blur every time. <laughs> like that. We're back.
0: Well, that's kind of how summer has felt, isn't it?
1: Yes. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, you know, it is what it is. It's been a weird summer movie-wise, though. I mean, it's just... We haven't gotten back into the swing of things, I think, um, as far as releasing is concerned. And I read an interesting article yesterday that was in the Hollywood Reporter, and it was about the fact that attendance is down at theaters. And one of the things they pointed to was the fact that there haven't been nearly as many films released as have been in past summers. Okay. Um, And so I think that's why also it feels... I mean, with summers, it feels as though there was a big movie every weekend right you know it was something that you know uh, to look forward to and that hasn't been the case uh here it's just been kind of gone in fits and starts uh i know you and i we are we're watching and reviewing more things that are going to streaming services uh and video on demand and you know that's just re- reflects a shift in um you know the delivery method of these things and uh, you know i think it's here to stay.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and actually, I'm looking at our list of movies that we are going to review, and a good majority of these movies are being released on demand. Not all of them, but a good majority.
1: Right, right.
0: So that does what do you want to start with? Uh, let's start with, what do you think the big one is this this week? I'm looking at my list, and, and I could throw three against the wall that would probably stick.
1: Go for it. I'm following your lead.
0: All right, let's go with, with something that is is in theaters and you had a an interview for, and that is Summering. I don't believe that's being streamed day and date, is it?
1: No, it is not. You have to go to the theaters to see Summering. And this is from James Pondstock. Uh, you might not know the name, but he made a movie that uh, you and I liked a few years ago called The Spectacular Now uh, with Miles Teller and um, um, Shailene Woodling. Uh good supporting uh role there for uh your guy from Friday Night Lights, the dad, the dad. You're blanking on it. You're blanking on it. I am yeah, okay. You'll come up with it as I'm talking. Uh summering, unfortunately, is not as good or well. It's it's, it's just a meandering thing. not nearly as, as spectacular now. And I was really surprised. Uh, by that, Kyle Chandler, by the way. Oh, um, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh, this one stars uh, four young ladies. Uh, they're about to start uh, middle school. And this is the last days of their <laughs> summer vacation. Uh, and I really like the beginning of the film because it's just them walking around, talking about random stuff. They're playing games, they're playing in the sprinkler. They're just, you know, it, it just had a fly in the wall type of. Um, feel to it as though we were with these four girls and there you know there's no filters and uh, we're, we're hearing what they're thinking what they're feeling i really liked that and had the film continued along that track i think we would have had something here but unfortunately ponston he he takes a big page from stand by me and wouldn't you know it the four girls happen to find a dead body uh in the woods where they frequent and oh my gosh what do we do now Uh, one of the girls wants to investigate and figure out what's going on. One wants to call the cops. One is very spiritual and doesn't quite know what to make of this. Um, And the other girl, Emily, who is our narrator, she's got her own deal that she's dealing with because she's messing around with the notion that her father disappeared a year ago. And her and her mother, played by Lake Bell, have no idea what happened to him or why. And that, this whole notion of dad disappearing is one of the many story threads that are thrown out in this movie that aren't really developed or are resolved in such an unconvincing way this movie meanders man does it meander it's all over the place and you know you and i I think are in the 90 minute movie club uh if it's not you better have something really spectacular to show me or something important to say if you're going beyond 90 minutes this thing clocks in at about 87 and i would say if they'd wanted to tack on another 20 in which they explore these relationships more and we got to know the characters more, I think they might've had a better movie. And I seldom say that. Um, there's a lot of good intentions here. We need more films for young ladies to uh, that, that address the concerns they have there here about their fears, their concerns, uh, examples of how to grow up uh, into being a strong woman. And that's what this movie wants to be, but it just doesn't come together. I was pretty well bored with summary.
0: Yeah, I'm on the same page with you Uh, with this one. I was really intrigued by the trailer and by the description, And yeah, that opening scene with those four girls talking—you truly fe- felt like you were not a fly in the wall because they're walking outside in the woods, but you were a fly hanging around, listening to everything. You know, they—they they walked on each other's words. They, their conversation mm-hmm. was was meandering and real, authentic. Yeah. Um, I loved the conversation, and you're right—we don't see middle school girls any movies no. that really. are that are smart and thoughtful and this is how this movie started out and i've got to say i loved the young girl eden grace redfield who played mari she's the more religious girl whose Mm -hmm. mother is played by megan mullaly and her we get a really good glimpse of what their personalities are in that initial scene of them just chatting and wandering right um mari was spectacular She, I cannot wait to see what this little girl who plays Mari ends up doing in her next film and her career because she's she's funny, she's spunky, she's vibrant. I needed more of her. And you and I talked about the fact that we needed more of the interaction between mom and Mari and even the other moms. Lake Bell is in this and I (laughs) love Lake Bell. And she's, as you said, the relationships just weren't explored enough. Nothing went deep enough, um, but it sure did go wide enough—too wide—so yes. that it it just lost interest, momentum, and entertainment value. Um, and it's a shame.
1: I, I hate saying that about a movie like this, but it is what it is.
0: Yeah, it, it is. And using the um, dead body as huh. that was—it it was unbelievable in how things were. Uh, dealt with as well as how things were resolved. I Yeah, and please please
1: it. please use air quotes with resolved, okay?
0: Yes. Yes, <laughs> because,
1: definitely. definitely. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it, it's an ending the movie doesn't earn.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately, I think this had a a glimmer. Um, And I had asked you and early in a conversation, is this a Sundance movie? And you were like, yep, it was a Sundance movie. (laughs) And it feels like a Sundance movie. And that's not a slam against Sundance at all. Because Sundance takes these these interesting concepts and helps filmmakers build them. I think they they forgot about this one and didn't build it to the depth that it needed to be because right. it really does have so much potential. And my heart breaks too to say something so negative about uh, an independent film like this with such potential and, and using a topic that we don't usually get a lot of good content for, these young kids, these young girls especially. And, So, yeah, that was a little bit disappointing. However, what wasn't disappointing is your interview. Let's listen to a clip from the interview.
1: We are focusing on four young ladies for a change uh, and what they're going through. Uh, And it seemed to me that the dialogue and everything seemed accurate or spot on. Now, not having been a 13 or 14-year-old girl, I'm not sure, but... Was it as accurate as it should be, and, uh, and was that part of what draw, drew either of you to this project?
0: I think that the script is very natural, the way that it's written, the dialogue, and I, and, you know, James and his co-writer are both men, but I think they're really good listeners, and they and James has daughters, and so I think they were able to capture that um, the way little girls talk. But I also think the little the young actresses made them made all of that so feel so natural and so real. Um, that you get this window into what it's like to be a little girl at that age when you're just about to go into middle school. And it feels very present and it, it feels very nostalgic, especially like for me looking back to my own childhood when I could just go out and play in the street and go down to the creek with my best friend Stacy and then just have this adventure and then
1: go home at sundown. So, yeah, that one that one didn't quite work out. What else do we got? We, we, let's move on to something a bit more positive, something else, that, something that we like.
0: All right, let's, let's go to- hmm. A smile on
1: your face, I can tell what you're gonna pick.
0: Uh, let's go to Day Shift.
1: Okay, all right, all right.
0: All right, um, this is a new Netflix film that is going to be able to be streamed. I don't believe it's opening in theaters and there, there is a reason why they're not doing a theatrical opening for this one. Chuck, I, I think, think
1: this one would be fun in theaters with a crowd.
0: I think this would be fun in theaters with a crowd with alcohol.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> this this has Bruin View written all over
0: it. Doesn't it though? I would yes. I quite agree with you. On Midnight
1: that. movie all over Yeah.
0: <laughs> this is this is a a definite um, home party type of movie to see. It's about this dad played by Jamie Foxx, who he's got an interesting job. He doesn't really share with people what his job is, but he is a vampire hunter, and yeah, and he he masks this as a pool cleaner and man that that first scene where Jamie Foxx's character of um Bud yeah yeah.
1: can we can we stop here for a second
0: yeah his name
1: is Bud (sighs) Jablonski who was this part really written for okay Jablonski this has Tatum you know Channing Tatum written all over it. Bruce Willis back in the day but Jamie Foxx is playing Bud Jablonsky. <laughs>
0: okay, let me let me ask you this. So one of the one of the problems, we'll get back to the review of the movie and yeah. a little bit more of the gist of the movie in a second, but I I need to tell you, I didn't like the chemistry between Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco. I oh, like them loved individually. It. I like Dave Franco. I wonder, did they have somebody else? And not to, you know, take a look at Mr. Koplinsky, the name Jablonsky. Definitely sounds Polish.
1: Yeah. Let's call it for what it is.
0: Was was this initially intended for somebody else, and if so, whom? You know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I mean, I don't think, I don't think Mr. Dave Batista is Polish, but I could see him in this part. He looks like a Jablonski.
0: That would have been funny. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you mentioned Dave Franco. I, I will get back to this, but I disagree. I thought the chemistry was quite good.
0: Oh, did you really? Interesting. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed okay.
1: it. I enjoyed okay. it all. Yeah.
0: Okay. This this is a silly movie about yeah. vampire hunters. That's it. But
1: uh, yeah, but we also have Snoop Dogg as a vampire hunter.
0: <laughs> okay, I I don't know what it is about Snoop Dogg, but I love him. <laughs> He's
1: great. You know why? You know why everyone loves him? Why? There's no bullshitting about it. True. Very Here's true. what he is. He knows he's not an actor. He's there to be Snoop Dogg. He you know, he is what he is, you know? And, and, <laughs> and that's he, what it. Is. Yeah. I, 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 if anything, the movie needed more Snoop.
0: I would agree with that. Definitely. This this is just a blood and guts horror kind of movie with Cirque du Soleil actors, I think, because my God, the contortionists that were these vampires, that was impressive. I really enjoyed watching these. Can you believe it? I'm gonna say this. I really enjoyed watching fight scenes.
1: Yes. I, well, you know, th- there was a lot of imagination there. I mean, with the vampire and, you know, the, the, this is a gory film. I mean, no question about it, but it's not anything you're supposed to take seriously. No. Uh, it, it's just so over the top. I mean, I mean, the, the Franco character is great because apparently there's a vampire hunters union and uh, <laughs> Jablonski uh, is always breaking the rules. So they send the Dave Franco character out with him. He's a pencil pusher. Uh, to make sure that he follows all the rules and i i don't know i just thought his nerdiness against uh fox's you know cynicism against it all I, I enjoyed it and i can understand why about what you're saying about the chemistry but i had no problem with it and 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 what happens to poor franco <laughs> guy
0: (laughs) and and franco is great in this movie i think he he's a great comedic actor with a lot of potential i think to do more comedy roles and make us really laugh um he had great timing his reactions to things and the the horrific things that happened to him um i know i know you know and,
1: and i'm disappointed that there wasn't a lot of duct tape used Uh, at a certain point with an injury that he sustained yeah I think they missed the boat there that could have been real funny as well
0: that could have been absolutely or or some other uh pool cleaning implement
1: oh there you (laughs) go there you go that's good too yeah Yeah. um
0: yeah this is this is a a, I'm gonna call it a, a throwaway movie you can you can watch parts come back you'll still know what's going on it was it was fine for entertainment it's it's not any great shakes there's a reason like i said that it didn't come out in theaters although the midnight screening thing would have been a fun thing for it
1: i think it's a guilty pleasure and like you're saying the more you drink the better this thing is
0: (laughs) well you know i i was watching this with a friend of mine and like probably 20 minutes in we both said well it's better than Bullet Train.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it has more energy than Bullet oh, Train. You it, are correct. You it are definitely correct. Definitely
0: did. Definitely did. And these fight scenes, truly, they they're taken right out of a Cirque du Soleil act. <laughs> Pretty incredible. Um, how much how much green screening and and um, you know special effects do you think were used in that?
1: Oh, quite a bit, quite a bit. Because I, you know, the, those fight sequences you're talking about, I think it's a combination of acrobatics and then also you know digital effects
0: okay um,
1: so yeah I, i'm sure there's an awful lot that went into that
0: okay because i'm uh, looking and, at the woman who played the old lady in the beginning right Her is danielle kennedy she's an older woman um and i'm trying to see if she did anything that has to do with anything uh, physical acrobatics
1: or yeah. Uh, physical, yeah
0: and i don't see anything so but she's been in a lot of horror movies hmm. um but you know what Worth it to check out? I'm I'm gonna recommend with reservations. How about that? That's
1: good. You know what? It's you don't have to pay for it, and that also helps with the recommendation. And you know, you mentioned the green screen and everything. I wonder what the budget was on this thing. It's not a cheap film.
0: No, I'm sure it's not. Well, I mean, it's got two two big lead actors too. So yeah. All right. What do you want to talk about next, Chucky? Um, Speaking of horror movies, Chucky.
1: Never liked those films. No. Nope. Yeah, I thought they were silly.
0: The first uh, one always okay. creeped me out. I always had nightmares about
1: it. Yeah, I can understand that. I can
0: understand. And now that. I got a best friend friend named Chucky, and my dog's name is Chucky. So go figure.
1: <laughs> uh, I want to talk about what I think is one of the best movies of the year uh, Emily the Criminal uh, with uh, Aubrey Plaza. Uh, this is getting a limited release. I'm stunned that it's opening here in Champaign. It's only opening on one theater. Uh, I'm hoping somehow or another this movie gets found. I have a feeling this is going to want be one, and I hope this is one that uh, when they do the Independent Spirit Awards, it gets some recognition, and hopefully then it will get uh, the attention it deserves, because I, I was just blown away uh, by this movie. Uh, Aubrey Plaza, who can do no wrong, in my book she can do no wrong uh when you look at the uh independent film she makes she's taking chances she's not doing the same old same old and it's the same here she is this young woman named emily uh and she's in a bad situation uh she's carrying around seventy thousand dollars in student debt uh she can't get a decent job uh in the graphic design industry she's an artist she had a couple of uh, misdemeanors uh, in her past that uh, interviewers bring up, she can't get around. And she's in a dead end job, in a dead end job. She's getting nowhere, she knows it. Uh, she's uh, at a catering place where she works and a guy gives her a phone number one day and says, hey, you wanna make a couple bucks, call this number. It's real fishy, there's no question about it. But you know, when you're back in the corner and you're a little desperate, you do things that she said you would never do. And she calls this number, she goes to this place, and there's a scam running in which she is given a credit card uh, that's not valid, has fake information on it. She's told to go buy a very expensive TV, bring it out, and she'll be paid $200. She isn't quite sure about this, but she goes ahead and does it, and wouldn't you know it, as it's pointed out to her, no one got hurt. She wasn't in any real danger. It's easy money, how about doing this again? And this starts the slippery slope that Emily slides down. Uh, One thing leads to another. One job that's a little bigger leads to a bigger job. And wouldn't you know it, before you know it, she has been taken under the wing of this guy named Yusuf, played by Theo Rossi. He's one of the guys who runs these schemes. And before you know it, she's creating her own credit cards. She's making bigger purchases. She's moving uh, the merchandise herself. And before you know it, she's in over her head i I love this movie for a lot of reasons uh i think it's timely um you know they they talk about how so many people are one or two paychecks away from living on the street yeah and that's one of the things this movie talks about when you're in that situation i you're you're open to doing things that you wouldn't normally do absolutely You you end up justifying things you wouldn't normally justify when you see that the system is built on the fact that so many of us have to stay in that, that there is no advancing, your mindset changes. And it's like, well, you know, if if this is the way it is, then I've got to do something else in order to get ahead. You, You sympathize with her. I was with her every step of the way as things get more and more complicated because I understood why she did what she did. It's all, you may not agree with what she does, but I think that the thing that's the key to Plaza's performance here is that she never lets you forget there's a sense of desperation in this character right and that is what's propelling her to do what she does I'm not saying that this condones criminality I'm not saying everyone should go out and do this but I'm saying this film helps you understand why this happens Um, I was the final scene just really left me shaken because it's like, Oh wow, this was inevitable. And you understand it. Uh, and, and, um, I saw it twice again. I saw it again last night after we saw it via Sundance a few months ago
0: right. and
1: man does it really, really hold up. I really hope, like I say, that this film finds an audience. It's a small movie, Emily, the criminal, like I say, it's in theaters now. I'm not sure when it's going to VOD, but, uh, really well worth seeking out
0: yeah I, I would agree with you um I I really love Aubrey Plaza too although she has disappointed me in a couple of movies but I do like that she takes chances with things as well exactly and this, this is a this is a chancey <clears throat> kind of film um, it, it, there are a couple of aspects of it that reminded me of Kristen Bell's uh, Queen pins I think it was called yes where they have a couponing scam.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: the reasons behind why they do it are different than the reasons why Emily does this, um, but still things that I think we can all relate to. And, you know, I look at, at Emily, the, the criminal, the character Emily, and I see my daughter and her generation and how, you know, a lot of kids come out with a lot of debt. And in order to have a, have a home, and that could just be, you know, a, a four by four box, basically, of an apartment with a bathroom, and your your kitchen is in your bathroom. A friend of hers actually has that situation, and you know, you're barely making ends meet, and that's that's tough. I got out of grad school, and I was a hundred dollars short on my bills every single month, and that catches up with you for after mm-hmm. a while. I think there are a lot of us that can relate to this situation, and then. Then that kind of personalizes the story. And you say, How far would I have to be pushed before I did something that I know I shouldn't do? And that's the
1: key to the whole movie.
0: It it is. And you're right. Um, Aubrey Plaza never loses that look of desperation, that look of, I know this is wrong, but I'm strong and I'm going to make this work somehow. And I'm going to hopefully not land myself in jail.
1: And I don't have a choice.
0: Yeah. I right mean, right and this or a fail. You
1: know, it's interesting you, met, you mentioned queen pins. It's all about those two films are, are just about the inequity of everything. Right. These systems are built to keep us in our place. These systems are built for to keep people a certain degree of our population in that social strata and that is wrong. And when you peep, and when people are painted into a corner sometimes this happens you know again not condoning but understanding i understand it
0: yeah Yeah. and interesting too john Patton ford is the writer and the director this mm-hmm. is his first feature film
1: yes i am really anxious to see what this guy does next because never heard of him before this
0: So seek that one out we will definitely keep you posted with when this movie is going to be streaming so that you can watch it because it's such a limited release i highly doubt i can't believe champagne's getting it
1: me neither. Me neither. That's and I was cool. very pleased to see it.
0: Yeah, very good. All right. What else we got on our list there, Chuck?
1: I want you to talk about I Love My Dad.
0: Ooh, OK. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I am writing a review. I have not written my review yet because this one, this one's a tough one. A tough I one to write every, about.
1: I wish everyone could see your face right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, I loved it. I, but? But it's not for everyone.
1: Oh no, it's not.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um this is this is another act of desperation. We have a character. Um Patton Oswalt plays the dad. His name Chuck. is Chuck. Oh yeah. there we go. Another Chuck. There we go. And uh, <laughs> and Chuck's not been the best dad in the world. He's Jesus been, God. you know, MIA <laughs> all the way through. His wife has divorced him, and his son, the the sweet and adorable Franklin, plays played by James Morosini. Um He's now an, a college aged adult, and he's um, he's a little odd. He's a little off. Mm-hmm. But he's got a lot of trauma with trust issues with his father. And he's he had tried to commit suicide. He just doesn't, he's in a bad place. And all the repeated pummeling that he gets from his father's lack of attention and and lack of keeping up with his promises really hurt this young boy. Um, and so the young boy, through his therapist's help, says, Cut him off. He's not good for you. You know cut the toxic person in your life. And so that's what he does. And now Chuck can't see his kid. He won't see him. He can't get in contact with him. His phone calls are blocked. He can't even text him on Facebook or message him on Facebook. So what does he do? He does what no other normal person would do. (laughs) (laughs) He catfishes his own son. He takes on the online personality of a beautiful young woman who happens to be a waitress halfway across the country where Chuck lives away from his son named Becca played by Claudia Saluski. And this is is just, this this is a sick and twisted out of control (laughs) spiraling that occurs as Chuck befriends his son and talks with his son and he is ecstatic because now he's in touch with his son. He knows what's going on with his life, but he's portraying himself as this drop dead gorgeous Becca. And then there's a little crush and, little. <laughs> Oh my God, it goes way beyond that. So beyond that. <laughs> and, and I gotta, I gotta tell you that the filmmaker, James Morrissini is also the one who wrote and directed this movie, who is also starring in it.
1: Yeah. Um, he said this was kind of based on his own experience with his dad.
0: Yeah, that's kind of scary. This is definitely a therapeutic session of about 120 minutes of cringe, more cringe and a little cringe on top of that, but so entertaining and you understand both characters and the way that that Morissini portrays his imagination Oh, okay. Yes. I just got I just got goosebumps yeah. up my arms thinking about how he did that and what yeah. they portrayed.
1: Yeah, the, those those text the, the text communications they have, we hear his dad's words coming out of Becca's mouth. And in his imagination, we see him interacting with Becca. And I loved your cringe expression there because it becomes sexting. And <laughs> And then he pulls in somebody else to it to make it even oh, more cringe-worthy. Rachel Dre- Drat, <laughs> who is hilarious here. She's this oversexed coworker of Chuck's who gets involved in this. I don't even want to give away how she gets involved. Yeah, it's all about cringe. You know, you, you, you're you know, you talk about uh, goose pimples on your uh, or the hair scanning. Yeah, you're just kind of tense throughout the entire thing, and you can't you you can't predict where this thing is going to go.
0: No, nope, you definitely can't. And when uh, a character played by Lil Rail Howry is the voice of reason, then that's a little scary. <laughs>
1: uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, he's he's good too. Uh, you're, you're right. This one is not for everyone. But if you're looking for something quirky at, at, at taking chances, uh, yeah, seek this one out. It's on video on demand. What did you think about the ending?
0: um the ending I really liked the ending it was dark yeah it was sinister and dark I loved it I thought that was a bold way to end it and yeah I'm not going to say anymore because I don't want to give away the ending but I loved it how about you
1: yeah I I I I liked the direction he took in that as well um there's a sense of reconciliation but then again maybe no
0: No, I think not. (laughs) uh,
1: And yeah, that it's almost like what happens next. You you're very curious about it, but uh,
0: and and you know that's a a, a sign of a really good writer to give you a story where you want a sequel. You want to know what happens next,
1: right? Right. And you know you're you're right. You would hope that Chuck, as a parent, you would hope no parent would do this. But the world we live in, I wouldn't put it past parents to do this. Uh, but it's completely understandable why he does it. And the thing I found interesting was is that Chuck finds out more about his son pretending to be someone else than he ever would as a father. Right. You know, that, that I thought was a really interesting point that they make.
0: And so, you know,
1: sad. yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to, you know, you express certain things to your parents, no matter if they say, you know, you can tell me anything. Right. Right. You know, so you almost have to pretend to really find out what's going on with them. Or, you know talk about another slippery slope there you go
0: kind of crazy kind of crazy that's an interview I would like to have
1: yes 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 and Pat Oswalt, always interesting always interesting in what he does and I've yes. never been disappointed with him
0: and and I I don't always like his style of comedy like his stand-up I'm not as as thrilled with but I like him acting and this this was a believable role and there's even a part of you that you feel kind of bad for the guy because he wants, I mean, we're both parents. There's nothing worse than if you could think about your child disowning you. I mean, can you imagine? No, you know? Right.
1: But at the same point, he earns it.
0: He did earn it. He I did.
1: Mean, the, the whole credit oh. sequence in which we get these repeated uh phone messages, tech messages, in which he's making excuses for not being there. Right. Like, yeah, I, which I thought was wonderfully done. Very concise. And boy, you, you understand completely, but yeah, he doesn't garner much sympathy there at the beginning.
0: No, no, it's a, that is a really good montage that he pulls together. Yeah, Great really filmmaker. I'm, I'm really impressed with this young guy.
1: Yes, yeah. So um, we got two we got two young filmmakers that uh, you know we're looking forward to what they do next, and we don't often say that.
0: So. Um, you know, I know we're running out of time. There is a movie coming out. I know you did not see this one. Um, it's about hiking Mount Kilimanjaro, and it's about plus sized women doing it and it's super inspirational um and the name of this Killy big because they call mount kilimanjaro Killy. so okay. it's it's really a beautiful story about women and these women are fat and they recognize it they own up to it um they all have different issues surrounding it we delve into that a little bit and i think it really gives you a sense of Empathy for how their uh, lives have gone and what they're doing to live it, and I immediately texted a friend of mine and said, "Hey, what do you think about training to to climb Mount Kilimanjaro?" And she said, "Aren't you getting a new knee in October?" <laughs> like, yeah, I'm talking two years from now. I'll break it
1: fine. in. Break it in, right?
0: Break it in. Break it in. <laughs> so that one's going to be streaming this week as
1: well. Guess what's back in theaters this week? What? ET. No way. Way. Uh, it's on certain IMAX screens, 40th anniversary of ET. Uh, cool. Don't know if I'm going to go. I'm a mess every time I watch that thing. Don't know if I want to embarrass myself in public. <laughs> Can uh, I go? I want to go with you. I'm going to film you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. That movie always moves me for some odd reason, as hokey as it is. Uh, and you know this is one to take the kids to, the grandkids to, a uh, good bonding experience to see. And I think it'd be a lot of fun in IMAX.
0: Very good, very good. Anything else happening in TV that you can think of? Oh, I know of something, uh, something that is dropping today because we're going to publish this on Friday. Yes, it's the third season of Never Have I Ever. I got an interview with these uh, the two wonderful women that play the mother and the cousin slash niece. You can see that interview on WCIA today. Uh, We'll post a link to that interview as well. Hey, before we talk any more about Never Have I Ever, I wanna share a little clip from my interview with Porna who plays Nalini, the mom, and with Richa who plays Kamala, the niece and cousin.
1: We kind of hate Kamala when we first meet her <laughs> because, because we, we have her, well <laughs> I can see why baby hates
0: her, let's yes, say that, yes. um,
1: but then we see that Kamala is flawed and she's messy and she's not perfect and if anything that pressure to be perfect is what is crippling for her and suffocating for her and I think um, that's so real and I've felt that way in my own life, um, but I think especially Throughout season one and then season two and three, you start to see Kamala actually become a little bit more like Davy and embrace her her rebel side and and express her rage, which I think is um, just so important to see women of color and and South Asian women get to experience and express rage because we've never seen that on TV. We're, We're always expected to be quiet and kind of you know good good girls who who don't speak out who don't use our voice and. That's Kamala's journey, is learning to use her voice and say, no, I, I do have opinions and I do mm-hmm. um, have my own aspirations and dreams. I, I think to piggyback on that, season three really sees a, this multi-generational household with the grandmother, Nellie, Kamala, and Baby yeah. really find the courage to be brave and to speak their minds and
0: you know, lead with their hearts. It's, it's a real transformation. And, and also this journey of loving themselves is, some, is an arc that you will kind of start, start seeing, especially in season three. But yes, it's a series that I started watching and I was like, Meh, I feel like I'm just watching people pretend to be Mindy Kaling. And then by the third episode, I'm like, oh, this is, this is getting intriguing. And then before you know it, it's one o'clock in the morning. I have now Uh been watched two seasons. Yep. I know. And then, and then I like really care about these characters and talking with these women about their characters, how their characters have grown, as well as how they personally have grown because of the show and how it has opened up the doors for other people to see uh, women of color, people who are Asian, people from an Indian background of culture, and it was really <clears throat> enlightening to, to listen to their perspective about how this series is impacting them and hopefully other people, and it's a universal story of raising a pain-in-the-ass teenager. Could you hmm. relate to that, Chuck?
1: Nope, mine were easy. <laughs> All right, well, there uh, we, you have it. Father we got here we got about three minutes left uh you mentioned tv i just want to mention real quickly blackbird on apple wrapped up with taryn edgerton i'm paul walter hauser i haven't been so shaken by something i've seen as i was by this Ooh. you finish it the last two episodes are so incredibly disturbing and edgerton my gosh uh boy he really impressed me here really impressed me so check that one out uh also better call saul is wrapping up final episode is coming up monday i know you said your husband was a little disappointed in the way things have been going
0: except last yesterday he goes oh my god you have to watch saul now you Uh have to get caught up and i said well chuck said that i need to get caught up and i told him what you said
1: well you know and that's the trick of that story it's always been a slow burn that and breaking bad you, you know, you watch episodes like, what is this? What's going on? And they're always planting seeds. Yeah. And then when you see where they're headed, it's like, holy shit.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's where we are headed. So if you haven't caught up, catch up. Last one is coming out on Monday. And uh, there's a lot of things to tie up. And I'm not quite sure where we're headed. So really oh great goodness. television.
0: Okay. All right. I will try and catch up. Uh, who needs to sleep, right, Chuck? Yeah.
1: That's why we got the streaming, right?
0: <laughs> so we got the streaming, and take a look on our Facebook page. We are posting the winner of some of our merchandise on mm-hmm. our. Yeah, congratulations! And how did you win that? You won it because you shared this podcast. Share this podcast. Let us know that you shared it, and you will be entered to win some merchandise. Good Thanks swag. for listening.
1: Have a good one.